Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. And if you want to learn about the secrets of the universe, the law of attraction, mysticism, brohood, gambling, movies, pop culture, archangels, magic, good food, business, health, family, mediumship, and travel, smash that subscribe button, hit the thumbs up, press the noti icon, and spread this video around like peanut butter. So today we have on Jennifer Wilson Budache, uh, who is co-president and owner of Valerie Wilson Travel. She is also a seasoned travel industry speaker, as well as a trusted industry, uh, as well as a trusted advisor to associations and nonprofits. Thank you for coming on, Jennifer. Oh, it's such a treat to be here today. So when Jennifer and I first met, we met on the group called Travel Again. Basically, it was at the start of COVID and as an industry, we were just in despair. And Mike McCormick brought uh, everybody together under one roof to try and, and make change. And as I got to know Jen in the group, I started seeing how much we had in common with family business. And very rare do you do did we ever meet somebody that had such a large family business that stayed together and um it was it was really interesting so i had to get to know her and so we finally got on a zoom call and then i'm like oh i'm like we have to interview her and here here we are today many many months later um my first question is related to family business how is navigating family business how do you separate family and how do you separate business in your world all great questions. And I, I just would back up a second and say travel again, great logo, great brand. Um, we really need companies to come together and speak in one voice and put silos apart. And Eric, what you're probably nicely not saying is that I'm often told I'm, I'm a force to be reckoned with. And I, I insert myself and I see what can be done and roll up my sleeves. So you are one of those people as well on that task force, which needs to continue to be uh, rejuvenated. Absolutely. So family business. Um, first, I swear I'd never join it. So we'll come back to that later. But you have to look at it as three concentric circles, family, business and a family business. And you have to look at the intersection points and you have to create boundaries. And a lot of people think boundaries are a bad thing. Boundaries actually can protect you, too. Uh, it's one of the coaching lessons I do when I mentor someone. I say, describe a boundary for me. And they usually think negatively rather than positively. And then by the end of that mentoring session, they usually understand boundaries are also a good thing. So my sister, Kimberly Wilson-Weddy, and I, my co-president, um, formerly my equal shareholder, and I'll come back to that in a second, um, she and I used to email and text each other and be like, what times your kids swim meet and, you know, marketing, eh, and it was a jumbled mess. And um, yes, years of therapy, counseling, family counseling, family business advisors can go into that later too. If you want, we decided we'd e email each other as colleagues and we would text each other as sisters. And we had to both dig deep to say, we really care about family first, family business second and business. Um, and we wanted to be business partners, but we needed to stay sisters. That's amazing. That's amazing. And the only other thing I would sort of say before we kick off is, yes, I am co-president of Valerie Wilson Travel, but we're a fresh company. Part of this crazy world of the pandemic, we decided to be acquired. And I'm very proud to say we're we're a fresh brand. So I want to go there for a second. So when we're all in the travel industry, yes, family business, the whole nine yards. Take us to March 2020 when the news started going. Houston, we got a problem. 
there's a pandemic coming, there's a virus, it's really bad. Our industry is like the first one. To, everyone's like, we're done, right? No one's flying, no one's using car, no one's using hotel, and that's your business. Take us to March 2020. What was the boardroom like at Valerie Wilson Travel on, you know, I can't come come up with an actual date of when COVID really hit, but it was March 8th. When did, when did, when did, you know, reality? We actually, in. we actually knew it was the weekend of, sadly, I can tell you exactly, wow. February 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Yep. Because pre-COVID, we were about $315 million in sales, 14 offices, global clientele, 70% international, 70% front of the plane. And I had this great analyst who was always looking at numbers. And um, February was softening a little in Asia. And I was like, eh, that's only 6 to 8% of our business. It's okay. But the weekend of February 21, 22, <clears throat> 2020, I knew we had a problem. That was my, oh shit, Houston, we have a problem moment. Yep. And we handle a lot of fashion companies and it was fashion week in Milan. Milan went into shutdown and quarantine and we had to get all these models and executives back. And that was an all hands on deck weekend for our uh, corporate team, our advisors who handle air, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That coming week it started to become more of a news item so we again are incredibly proactive as leaders and what we did is we did our first round of reductions that first week in march wow. and everyone thought we were barking mad as a british statement they thought you know what do we know or not know or were right. we that nervous or that conservative or why and i look at that as leadership to say you are literally turning the spigot off. It's an on-off light switch. There is no dimmer. And we are refunding more than we're selling. And then what we thought was going to be like two weeks, you know, go home for two weeks, go home for three weeks, go home for two months, go home for two quarters, go coming on almost next year, two years. I know. I mean, our New York City office uh, is open. We've always been open, but it's fully remote. And um, you had to act. You have had to act decisively. and And we did so. Um, hindsight's always 2020 and you, you can go back and say, wish I could have, would have, should have, but that's not the case. This weekend I was actually sorting and I'm not a good filer. Um, but documents that I saved because I wanted to be able to say there was a moment in time and it was our first, the first articles coming out of the CDC, the first articles coming out of ASTA, the first cancellation refund waivers, because I wanted to pinpoint it for a moment in time, mm -hmm. how we acted. We need to go back and challenge ourselves. Did we do it right or wrong? Hopefully we never have to go through this again in our lifetime. But if we do, Seriously. we might start to have some form of playbook for something that no one had a playbook for. Unbelievable. You going back, you just said that you are not a good filer. Were you always very self-aware of what you're good at and what you're bad at? Um. In general, I would say a lot of people have told me I'm very self-aware. Um, whether it's good or bad, I don't think I'm hardwired that way necessarily. I would say there's a there's a great activity. It's called the inventory activity. Um, what are you exceptional at? And you should spend the majority of your time. And like, if I've read a draft more than three times, you've lost my attention. If someone hands me a file with something in it, I'm great. If you ask me to take all the stuff I've done in the last 18 months, which is nicely on the floor of my office behind at the moment, out of sight, 
I can pull a piece of paper and find it, but the process of actually sorting it and putting it in a file or digitally scanning it, ugh, not my thing. So what that's you, why you need people to support you. So what are your strengths, Jennifer, as a leader? What makes you, you know, what did you double down on? Exactly. Because we obviously we all have weaknesses, but what are your strengths in running one of the world's largest travel companies? Um, I would say a couple things. I uh, I love learning and I never stop learning. And I think there's a thread uh, for that. If I'm in, I'm all in, um, but I'm unvarnishedly honest. And I, um, a lot of people get their feathers all ruffled based on that. But if you know me, um, I'm your ally. Um, and I have your back. I can see situations strategically and say, we need to act sort of like I explained the weekend in February in 2020 to say, this right. is not a moment to sort of wait and see, this is where you need to act. I'm very good at uniting people behind a mission and a vision. And I think I've been able to do that through ASTA and our uh, government affairs and advocacy. But um, people just sort of look at me and it's, I get stuff done. I, I have the wonderful ability to have a really strong ops background, but at the end of the day, I love people and connecting with people. What were, what were there books that, that got you to this point? Was it life experiences? Tony Robbins. Yeah. Was it anything that would, um, you know, a program in, uh, you know, what influence therapy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, check, 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 check. I would say. <laughs> Um, I, a handful of things. I was very fortunate. I, I did my executive MBA at Harvard, a program called OPM. Everyone always thinks of it as other people's money, but it's owner president management program. Wow. I applied to that after 9-11. Again, very instinctual, very insightful. 9-11, I thought was going to be the worst day of my career when we, we had 14 floors of clients in the two towers. Oh and 20 my. years later, that's still visceral. 13 got out. My client window on the world obviously didn't. Um, and you can remember watching those buildings collapse. I thought that was going to be the low watermark yep. for my professional career. Um, little did I know of this thing called COVID-19 that was coming. So I do think life, life does have a way of shaping experiences and learnings if you're aware. So after, after 9-11, unfortunately, my mom, our chairman, our founder happened to have a massive heart attack in November, the same, uh, the weekend before the American Airlines plane dropped out of the sky. Um, and, uh, for mechanical reasons, but everyone was on heightened alert. I said, I need more education. I, I wrote well, I communicated well, I was fairly aware, I would say of sensory perception and things like that, but I needed right. formal education, but had no time to go back for an MBA. So I did an executive MBA for three years, three weeks on campus and wow. HBS's, um, mission, educating leaders who make a difference in the world. And I was an outlier. Um, I was one of eight women. I had a little kid. I had a very patient husband. I had a family business and yet I went and did it and loved it. I became our class chair and I've had the opportunity to serve on Harvard business school's alumni board. Wow. So again, learning lessons. So books, yes, but it's also real life experience. Um, there's a program called strategic coach where you learn it's the who that's most important, not just the how and the process. And that's where I talk about um, boundaries mm -hmm. and that activity inventory. So lifelong learning, I would say you have to be aware to say what's good, what's bad. Um, you, you sort of know what you need. And Harvard, I needed after 9-11. Strategic coach recently, not sure what I need next, but always have my eyes and ears open. Do you subscribe to spirituality and business? 
at all. We're very big into spirituality and belief and gut and, um, you know, and manifesting your, your dreams, your desires, manifesting something that's kind of just out of reach. Do you subscribe to anything in that respect? Absolutely. Um, I, I have a very strong faith. I wouldn't say necessarily religious, so certainly not yep. having my backside in the pew of a church. I mean, it was a little embarrassing that um, our, our pastor yesterday actually welcomed me back from the pulpit, which is never a good thing. But what I would say is um, I have a gratitude journal and I've done a gratitude journal every night for five years. Wow. Um, and on days when you think it's horrible and you're laying off your team, on days when you've handed over your husband's healthcare proxy three times, um, there's always something to be grateful for. And I often, when I mentor new leaders, young leaders, I talk about being grateful. And if you can't see um, all that you are blessed with, you're probably not going to be a good leader because you have to have you have to be able to function at five thousand feet and fifty thousand feet. So I often give gratitude journals to people. So I would say that would be one. Um, I hands down, absolutely believe in um, gut feeling and trusting your gut feeling. Um, Do you think that's what that, you know, when COVID was hitting and what was, was that gut for you to say or experience to say this is going down? Absolutely. Uh, totally. But I think it's being open to what's going on everywhere in the world. Mm. I mean, I've been a big believer that you've got to read media from multiple sources, not just from which spectrum, but like from multiple countries. Um, you've got to reach out to people and relationships and connections that you have to say, what's it really like on the ground? I mean, I remember doing that after after the subway bombing on, on the tube in London to go to some of our hotels that were in lockdown and London was our number one city um, and say, what is going on on the ground right now? Tell me the truth. And sometimes people don't want to hear that um, but at least it's a firsthand account from people that you respect. Have you um, have you ever read The Secret, Law of Attraction, those type of books? No, oh, no, no. Okay. That could be next. Yeah, no. I'll, that... I'll, I'll jot that down. The secret. No, no. So like, I wasn't planning on like promoting my book here. I but I I wrote a book called Just Ask. The... <laughs> I swear to God, I, I was like all about like travel and business, travel and business. Michael, stick to travel and business. And then like you're like spirituality, gratitude. I wrote a book called Just Ask the Universe. Um, This month is the 10-year anniversary that it's still on Amazon. It's a 100-page manual on how to get anything you want. And and I've sold about a half a million copies over the 10 years. Maybe I can get an autographed copy. For you, anything. (laughs) Not even a question. But I have a chapter in this book about gratitude. And I got to tell you, you reminded me it's been hard getting very hard getting getting uh, going through covid was really horrible that was one of the worst experiences of my the, life it was the depths of despair it, it was, was right it was just it was so well, we're not actually through it either by well, the way gentlemen. but that's the point is that right. there's in in any movie there's the low point right there's the low point of any movie where the the, the team disbands right and then there's the dark night of the soul which is even the lower point and like we're coming out of covid now just speaking from our square foot and it's harder now than actual, like, you know, April, May, 2020, where things are really bad. It's harder now. Hiring client expectations. Um, it's, it's insane. It's practically impossible. And, and I've been having, I, it's not, depression's not the word. Moments. But moments of like, this sucks. Like, this is just, 
how do our clients not understand that we can't rub two cars together to make a third car, right? You can't rub two drivers together to make a third driver. It doesn't work like that. Where, and gratitude. I forgot about that. Yep. The gratitude, you getting a gratitude journal, I had one for years. And I wrote in it and I, I stopped it in March of 2020. I was No, miserable. that's where you have to double down. I actually yes. buy myself one every year. I put it in my own stocking. I put the year Love on it. it. So 2021, I put my initials in the bottom right-hand corner and it traveled right. with me everywhere in my carry-on. And it's always at the side of my bed if I'm home. It's no coincidence yes. that Valerie Wilson Travel became Valerie Wilson Travel and not discounting I'm sure your entire family is like this and they're motivated or where what you don't have, they have and vice versa. Absolutely amazing. That brings me to Frosh. Frosh is an amazing company. Was there a family owned business? So are you, do you still consider yourself a family owned business or a family run business? How does that work now under, under Frosh? Um, great question. Uh, what Brian Liebman always says is we're we're just a bigger family and we have to figure out what all of our strengths and weaknesses are. So I would say that I still very much run Valerie Wilson Travel and they acquired us because we have a secret sauce and we have a great brand and we have fabulous clients and strong supplier relationships and we have an awesome team and talent that they saw. I mean, there aren't a lot of companies that have the opportunity to actually sell and be acquired during a global pandemic right? and to know that it was a um, active choice um, by all parties. So he describes it as one plus one is three. It's one of the new phrases that I'm using and that the family just got bigger. I believe Valerie Wilson travel is still a family and a team and we do handwritten anniversary and birthday cards every month to our employees. And I was writing those out last weekend and I write the Valerie Wilson travel family or team. And knowing that I am headed to Frosh's Luxury Summit in Austin on Friday, that is a family. Um, it's just a much larger family. So, yes, I would absolutely say I have the great pleasure of being part of the Valerie Wilson Travel family and the Frosh family. Would How, you have done? I have, I have a question. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Would you, would you have done, like, would you have sold to, you know, corporate, corporate travel services, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or was, did it have to be in a situation like this for you guys? Honestly, um, I think Val to this day, and I call her Val, that's another one of those boundary lines. You you don't negotiate with your mom and a top independent contractor doesn't play you off your mom. So Val's Val, just to help with that. Um, I think she never thought of selling Valerie Wilson Travel, but she's an amazing entrepreneur, um, a great businesswoman, and agreed with uh, the opportunity that I brought to the table here. So was it planned? No, it was all um, really quite quick, about 60 days. Wow. And it, it goes back to people and relationships and the fact that Brian Liebman and I have known each other through the years um, on different boards and ASTA and airline events. And there, there was a there was a trust. There was a responsibility as oldest siblings to say we have to protect our family. We have to protect our business. How do we do this together? And it's lonely at the top. Anyone who believes being a leader has been an awesome thing through the pandemic. I mean, there's a great book and a load of hooey. I mean, you feel so lonely that you have no one you can talk to. And if you do actually say you're feeling depressed or down, as you just said, Michael, everyone's like, oh my God, should I hitch my wagon to theirs if they're really saying that? So how do you be smiling and happy all the time? Anyway, um, Brian and I had the great opportunity to um, commiserate and connect. Mm 
and I had a lot of extra real estate space in New York City. He was able to give up his New York City lease. I thought I was going to sublease space to him. He had something else in mind, and um, it all started with 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 trust and respect. How take us to the beginning? I've always wanted to know this. How you had a front row seat to your mom building her business. How did Val start and build Valerie Wilson Travel? Um, it's it's an amazing story, and I was actually sorting through um, photos that are historical things now. Um, we lived in London, 1977 to 1980. Valerie and my father were still mar uh, still married, and uh, very few American families went over to the UK in the late 70s. You were there for three reasons: banking, oil, um, or government. And he was a banker. He traveled 275 days a year. He wasn't around a lot. I was in uh, middle school. Kimberly was in grade school, and um, Val made it the fact we were going to travel on the weekends and we were going to do Thanksgiving in Paris and Eastern Rome. Oh my and we God. were going to do a manor home and a church every single weekend. It probably explains why my sister Kimberly never wants to go in another museum or church. <laughs> um, it probably also explains why I became a history major and a poli sci minor. Anyway, I digress. And um, she couldn't find a travel firm that she liked over there, even though we had a Watts line, it wasn't going to cost. It was all group packages. And she's like, oh, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. So um, she started doing holiday cards, Christmas cards, and writing up where we'd been. And when we moved back in um, 1980, uh, she wanted to start a career, antique business and or travel. She was a uh, heavy uh, volunteer, charitable giving, had had a fashion career before I was born and Kimberly was born and knew she wanted to work. Again, really ahead of her time. And she and my dad bought a small company called uh, Blue Sky Tours. The entire time clientele died off in about the first six months. She didn't think that was a problem. So she went to her friends and the people who wanted to book trips. And she started booking trips on the leisure side. Her first big break, as I describe it, is a leisure client happened to be the president of Don and Bradstreet at the time. Yes, there were phone books in the Donnelly directories. And she did their board meeting in Paris. It happened to have a very large budget and she did the on-site she called the ritz in paris because you either called or telexed in those days val travels right. sort of like instant messaging and um became one of the top producers for the ritz in paris she did everything based on word of mouth and relationship and several years later my parents got divorced she put all the chips on vwt and belief in herself she bought the business back from him and um, one reason she never really wanted to have outside shareholders is because of her determination to make it work. So she started with three people, the sales of $5 million at best. And I joined her 10 years later. She opened in 81. I joined her in 91, thinking I would join her for two years to help her while an expat, a different expat was overseas. But Val does not believe in the word no. Um, it is just not in her vocabulary. And she never believed that Valerie Wilson Travel would grow to a, a brand or even an integral part of what luxury travel is. Right. Because right. when you look through our history, Four Seasons only had two hotels and Mandarin Oriental had one and Regent and Silver Sea and Seaborn hadn't even been created. Um, Ritz Carlton Stars didn't exist. And she had the opportunity, sort of a front row seat. Uh, because of the type of our clients to help shape luxury travel, which is very cool. So she, is that, she's a legend. Is she that, is. It's scary. 
is that Valerie Wilson's travel? Um, is that is that your niche? Is it luxury travel, or is it also corporate? Is it also entertainment? Is it group? Is it meetings? Like, what is how? What's your business makeup? It started solely as leisure, um, and then these few like executive board meetings. I joined in '91 and said, "I'll join, but I want to grow corporate business and I want to bring in." reporting and some a little more automation and when Kimberly joined us uh, several years later she wanted a cruise line and she felt the need that we needed to become part of a member of a consortium like Virtuoso she developed this crazy thing called like the intranet for us and all sorts of things like that so each of us have our own mark and um, I would say it was my husband Brian as I joke with an I not Brian with a Y of Liebman since I have two Brian's in my life now my husband joined us as our um, CFO and general counsel because he had been doing all of the contract work for our independent contractors and associates or leases as a consultant. And he sort of got tired of serving other large organizations and entities. So he decided to come help protect his family. So um, I often talk about my mom and my sister, but I have the added opportunity to also work with my husband, which during COVID and us both working from home, has has been interesting but an awesome experience that we'll never ever get again did you know that you were always going into this business as no. as a history major though no no right like, I, what did you want to be no. when you grew up like when you were a kid what what was your well, what do you want to those do those are two very different questions um i was at a concert recently and Ooh, which concert uh, which concert uh, i knew you were going to ask me uh, dan and shay Okay. Um, at Madison Square Garden, my first venue back into a big arena where you show sure. your Empire Pass and you felt good. Anyway, I was standing with a, a good dear friend and client and she said, you know, I wanted to be a rock star and she was more of the ballerina type. So I was surprised at that. And I always wanted to be like an FBI agent, which you, you couldn't do in the 70s and 80s. Anyway, that didn't happen. Um where I thought I was going to go, I got all these great banking opportunities. I actually thought it was sort of fun my senior year in college to go out to these lunches with these bankers and they thought they were interviewing me and I really was sort of interviewing them. And um, I couldn't go in a training program. It so wasn't what I wanted to do. So I ended up on the hotel side um, before I joined Valerie. Wow. She was one of my clients. That was also interesting. Really? But Eric, to your question, I thought you were looking back behind here where you see Valerie Wilson's Worlds Edition 1 and 2. Val's in the process of writing 3. Um, so when you said Valerie Wilson's World, I thought the book. But no, our no, business I, mix. We can't see that. Yeah, we can't see uh, that. I'll get you a copy when it comes out next year. Please. Yeah. Um, so she wrote two even, books already? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's on Amazon? Yeah, but I can send you each one. Anyway, oh, Low Achieving Family. So she's writing her third book, which we're going to add a digital link to. But Valerie Wilson Travel, um, going into COVID, was that wonderful blend of 50% corporate, 50% leisure, but 70% international, 70% front of the plane. Right. What What is your least favorite, I don't want to say division, of travel? Like what's your like what what is like I can't stand please don't say car service. No please I okay. Um, what is like I I, I can't to like sell or it, to manage because both like is it you know the government insurance insurance. In, insurance. It's an opportunity and it's a responsibility, and nobody deals right. well with insurance, whether it's health insurance, life right. insurance, car insurance, right? Um, travel insurance. There, these brands have such opportunity to simplify it and man, do we need more than ever. So 
let's go into the, your forecast. <laughs> What's what does the future hold in a post-pandemic world um, for business travel, leisure travel, uh, hotels, cruise lines, car service? What, what do you what do you think our world is going to look like next six months, next year, two years? Um, clearly, I'm a glasses half full person. Um, so travel is going to come back. Travel is an integral part of life and who we are. I think we are better people. I am a better human being when I travel and I see different cultures and cuisines and and when I experience different religions and see different rituals and when um, I'm out there connecting with people. So as much as it's been great to be home, um, I, I'm happy to get back on the road again. Um, you started with business travel. I think business travel is going to be forever changed. And I'm, I'm not being negative. I'm being a realist and optimist that unvarnished honesty of a person to say, we can do this right now. And I had a full day and I have a client dinner tonight and I can actually be in many places at one time. Right. Um, but at the same time, I still want to go shake a client's hand. I want to pitch a new piece of business. So I again, don't see it as an on off switch. I see it more like a dimmer switch. Um, people have to get comfortable, but until they're back in their own offices, i.e. New York City and other places, which still are not at the pre-2019 levels, it's going to ebb and flow. Um, I also sort of look at it as post 9-11. That's not when we took our shoes off. That was a shoe bomber and 311 bags and Department of Homeland Security. None of that happened right away. We're in an evolution process right now. We are very, very early stages and clearly leisure travel and hotels have led the way. I never said, I never thought I would say domestic hotels was our largest travel type. I'm grateful for it. Back to gratitude. However, that's not where it's our strong. I mean, we can do it and we have great suites and villas and homes and hotel programs, mm -hmm. but we are better when we're looking at the entire travel ecosystem to say, what's your car? What's your flight? Where's your meet and greet? Where are your concierge services? What's your hotel or suite or villa? What are the activities you want to do, the restaurants, the shops, the on the leisure side, multi-generational experiences. You make so, me want to um, go on vacation. Seriously, That's like true. I'm listening like, to asking all those questions. I'm like, yep, let's go. But you, you don't know? just say what's your budget. I mean, when we talk to people and we have part of our secret sauce is we have someone who onboards new clients. And yes, we will tee them up, Valerie, Kimberly, myself, Ginny and others. But someone I was talking to yesterday, 80th birthday, three generations. And they're going to take a villa in Tuscany, which is fantastic, fantastic. But I'm like, you need you need a group activity of a cooking school. You you need a boat trip, but you need separate time because what we're setting up are opportunities for family members to connect with one another, to have downtime, to say, how are you? To say it's not an email or a phone call or an obligatory Sunday night FaceTime, but it's an opportunity to reconnect. So I often start new clients on the leisure side with, are you a sunrise person or a sunset person? What are the three favorite places you've been to? And what is the goal of this trip? Wow. So many people in our business look at this as what's the budget? Yeah, budget's important, don't get me wrong, but you're probably not even gonna be talking to me if, if you're thinking of an incredibly low end um, leisure trip, but it's getting to know the person behind the scenes. So you're, I mean, how do you call yourself a travel company? Cause it's 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 like- You're a not, lifestyle company. Yeah, it, like you're, it, we are. Yeah. It's why we have a great brand. It's why yeah. Frosh is keeping our brand. Right. It's why we talk about how you onboard somebody. It's it's driven by relationship. Right. Um, it's yes, we need to know if you're allergic to feather pillows or 
you only like white wine or a specific Chardonnay and you don't drink Sauvignon Blanc. And you look at you look at the data we have on people and we say, where's your favorite place? So coming through COVID, we looked at it sort of in, in three categories, closer to home, further afield, and then the big leap, because most people could grasp not travel or not, but what were you encouraging to think about? Closer to home. Many people are still in that phase. Go visit that family member. Go visit with a neighbor. Who's your pod? I mean, again, how did we ever end up with pods like orca whales migrating? Right, right. Anyway, who's in your pod that you're now going to travel with? Then it's um, a little further afield. Are you going to get on a plane? What's the airport like? You know, you're fine going to the grocery store now. What's it really like when you go through security? It's great. You know, have the little stickers and you stand back six feet. But do you really still do that? The luggage? No, it comes back to like a rugby scrum. And then it's the big leap when you're going to take your passport out. And are you comfortable going to another country? Do you have an exit plan? Is your travel advisor your advocate? So indeed, VWT is known as a travel management firm, but we're probably more lifestyle brand. You're probably right on that. Your top five vacations that oh. you would tell your, so not in the past. I, I mean, I guess it can be never, in the past, but like, I want to know your top five places that you will tell Eric and me, this is what you have to do with your wife and kids. This is where you have to travel. This is how you have to travel. Top five, or if you want to do top three vacations, if they're too big. But I have to hear this. I want to know. Okay. Um, and I never typically pick a property or a brand because that's Fine. not fair. And I'm Fine. asked that regularly. Scotland is my happy place. I'm a golfer, family, family history, like it was in before Ancestry.com and 23andMe. Uh, time zone worked. I could actually get 36 holes in a day, sleep well outdoors, a little bit of history, and easy to get to. Um, one of the ones that everyone has to do at some point is the Maldives. It is in the, really? the series of atolls in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And no differently than you would go through the Vatican with a, a guide and a curator. Right. You, you snorkel and dive. I've never had the time to dive, so I only snorkel. And you have someone tell you which fish and swim away from this coral or that's a friendly fish or not. And when you stick your head in the water, you can actually hear the fish eating the coral because proportionally there are more fish to people. Wow. Uh, wow. That's up there. Got to see the Northern Lights. Uh, did that in Finland wow. and not only saw the ones that we have great pictures of always when you think like Northern Lights, the green. But what's more important is when you look at sort of the atoms and how they bounce off of each other, the red ones, they're like silk swirls. Wow. You need like a reality show where you. She's like you, Anthony you, Bourdain. You, you she's like to, a. You need to do something. Jen's like, like Jen's like a female Anthony Bourdain. Like yeah, that was my favorite show. Eric's too. For no reservations. Like I was. Right. We were we were raising our kids. Um, when Anthony Bourdain was like getting really big, and I was right. you know it was Monday night. Right. Bourdain's on. We got to go. I think there's an opportunity. I just don't know what it is. I haven't figured that one out yet. But well, um, yeah, first thing that pops in my head is you you plan out the vacation and then you follow that family going on vacation. I mean, it, it's. Just I want to go. I want to go the. Op I want to go the opposite now. I want to go the opposite, and obviously, sure. don't say the properties. I think three places that you would prohibit Eric and I from going. Prohibit. Like I like it was the worst experience of your life, you know. It doesn't exist. I'm a glasses half full kind of girl. Remember, I do gratitudes yeah. every night. I would say I have had some extraordinary experiences, uh -huh. which have shaped me as a traveler and a leader. I would say I took my cute little blue USA passport 
as a single blonde American and handed it over to the uh, authorities in going into Oman by myself. Probably not one of my smartest moves. Um, You live and you learn. (laughs) uh, Live and learn. Won't do that Um, again. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I happen to be highly allergic to shellfish, but I believe my time was not up. I was in Burma, Myanmar, and uh, some chef tried to put a shrimp tail in my soup and I went into anaphylactic shock, hit um, the floor, first EpiPen didn't work. And there was a doctor who took care of me for five days who was in Arizona on 9-11. Not my time, not not my place. There is the opportunity to go to parts of the world that are just evolving still. And they exist and you learn. I mean, again, just check your toilet before you sit down and like some places have snakes or wear your flip-flops because of bugs and slugs and showers. So yes, I have gone from magical over the water bungalows in the Maldives to tips you need to know when you go gorilla trekking in Uganda, I have a whole packing list for you. Have you been to Uganda? Oh, most, one of the most magical times, but that's not for everybody and it's not for little kids. Yes. And we did two days of hiking with gorillas. So like, I think an excitement for me is like the Kilimanjaro safaris at Disney world. Like that's me living large. But that's why I ask questions to say what's important to you. I mean, I did Disney with my son and I loved Buzz Lightyear. I'm not a big space mountain person. Where where have you, uh, where do you want to go that you haven't been yet? I actually keep that. COVID had me do that. I've been to 58 countries and I'm very blessed. I have a whole list of places I want to go. And when I start to look at travel, it's much like a financial portfolio. Are you in stocks and bonds or real estate, domestic, international? What are the milestones? Next year's my 30th wedding anniversary. It's going to be my 55th birthday. It's going to be my mom, Val's 80th birthday. So you sort of map out like I would do with our client to say what's important when. So I still want to get to, um, I've never been to Israel. Um, for some reason, it just never happened. And I want we to have her beat, Eric. Yeah. We have her beat. You we do, did, that's three right. Times at least we went, and, yeah, yeah. And, we, we did this, Jordan. Right? I okay. definitely want to go to, to Tibet and Bhutan. Wow. Um, I love Africa, absolutely love the sounds really? and, smiles and, scents and shapes. And being on safari, you realize you are like one of a million stars in the sky. Wow. Um, I want to get back on safari, but you ask someone a question. Do you want on-road or off-road? Do you want a Jeep with a roof or not? And you learn a lot about a person in a moment like that. Oh um, I have a long list of countries on my LinkedIn that I've never been to that I may not get to right away. I think you have to sort of take back to the point closer to home, further afield on the big leap and find out what's realistic right now. Are you bored with the States? Is it like, oh, no. I, oh you're the not. US okay. Is, U.S. is gorgeous. I've been to 48 states. Um, wow. And so I know left? I always forget which two I'm missing, but it's like, I hate to say down south. Um, down south. Okay. I, I love our national parks. I love the East Coast. I love the West Coast. Yep. Done most of like Badlands, Black Hills, Tetons, wow. Rockies. No, all, all no, U.S. G- is great. All you know, golf? Did you do you manage to squeeze in golf for every state? Like, did you? I think you no, have. No, that's actually that's another list I keep. Actually, golf courses I've played and ones I want to play. Um, 
No, I actually had the wonderful opportunity with my with Valerie's younger sister, my aunt, who happens to again low achieving individual, uh, sports medicine, uh, wow. PhD editor of like the only manual eighth edition in sports psychology. Wow. And she and I used to camp most summers in a motorhome. So I I used to do Europe with my my parents, and then I would do the West Coast with with my aunt Jean. So pre COVID, how many days a year did you travel? Um usually 45%. So almost half the year yeah. you're on the road. Yeah, probably. Um, which was okay. Um, it's, it's what I was used to. It's right. where I was expected to be. Right. And in many cases it's where I thrived, but I would also say I'm going to be a lot like that corporate traveler I just talked about. I don't have to be on a plane for someone else's board. I can do this via zoom. Right. I'm going to look at my 52 weekends and say, what's really important. Yep. And obviously if I need to travel for business, I'll travel for business. If I'm going to travel to see people that I haven't connected with, I think COVID's taught us a lot about who do you want to spend time with? Yep. Um, and, and what do you value most? So I'm not sure I need to be on a plane as much as I was. Mm -hmm. um, but if somebody needs me somewhere, I certainly will. What's that's, your son's that's, name? That's brutal honesty. Yeah. That's yeah. brutal honesty coming from honestly honest. That, that you know, like you make your living in travel, right. and for you to say that, I mean, that's unbelievable. It doesn't mean that I won't spend more when I'm going somewhere, or I won't prioritize differently. But I think, I think it's there are a lot of executives, there are a lot of leaders I talk to that are saying that. Right. What's your son's name? Timothy. Is Timothy planning to be in the family business with mom and her dad? No. And Brian? No. What I would actually say is uh, he goes by Tim. Anyone Tim. who knew him when he was little, he was Timmy and he still cringes, but he he'll 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 do that. He was uh no. He uh he went to Cornell Hospitality School. Wow. Um he did two years at PwC in their hospitality vertical and he just started a new job. And Congratulations. He's not far he, he didn't what? stray he didn't stray very far from you though. No, he didn't. He didn't. Right. Yeah. When you That's said hospitality, it's like he didn't become yeah. a doctor. Or, no, you know. he didn't become a doctor. Yeah. He didn't become a doctor. Yeah. That's incredible. You know, Jen. you make me um you wanna definitely travel. make me want to travel again and experience life because you can't take any of it with you. All you have is your memories and your experiences. Um, you know, one thing that I get out of interviewing you, Jennifer, is that uh get on the road because it's it's really where where your life experiences come out from, like you said, you have 52 weekends a year. What are you going to do? And who and you're enjoy with. yourself? Yep. I mean, I've had, I, I'm a big picture person, as you probably can tell from behind me. And um, I was going through pictures this weekend and I looked back to multi-generational family vacations where we were on um, the bridge of a ship or where we were at sundowners in Africa or where we were playing golf after um, the Soldheim Cup. And those are opportunities that are once in a lifetime. So I absolutely believe leisure travel, family travel, destinational weddings, all of that's going to come back because people want to explore and they want to see the world with others. And to your point, Eric, you can't take it with you, but you can always have that photograph or you can always have that small piece of memorabilia with you. Jen, jumping back real quick, you mentioned something about shellfish allergies that you said this guy put um, a, a shrimp. A shrimp tail. Uh, a shrimp tail in you know your foe or your soup or whatever the case. Was that on purpose? 
No, it was it was a complete screw up. It was I was I was traveling with an advisory board. President of the company was with me. They I, we joked they tried to kill me because I was too unvarnishedly honest, but that so right. wasn't the case. It so, was just a mistake. It was truly a mistake. So I, I you're talking to like two very allergic boys here. All right, I'm well, Michael's more so allergic than me. Yeah, I'm I'm anaphylactic. My kids are allergic. Yeah, yeah. I'm anaphylactic. So you all carry epipens. Um, oh, yeah. I, I've never had it, taken an EpiPen in my life. I've gone into anaphylaxis three or four times, but I've taken a Benadryl and went to the nearest hospital. Do you, how does Val Valerie Wilson deal with people with allergies? Because it's so prevalent now that everyone, I mean, we go to Disney and we were going to Disney a lot because the chef would come out and say, what can I make you? What are you allergic to? And they're so, like my kids are allergic. Eric, Eric and Jen's my kids, kids are allergic. My kids, dairy, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, seeds, mustard, chickpeas, wheat, and soy. And that's really hard, yes, um, it is. but it is finding either a, a hotel or a resort or a villa where you're going to have a chef that does care. And when you explain to them, it's all part of that pre-conversation, no differently than you'd have a pre-con meeting on a board meeting or a group movement on the corporate side. Same thing for leisure travelers to say, this is non-negotiable and you have to be able to work with travel partners that are going to respect that. Mm -hmm. And um, in this day and age, um, you connect them via text, via chat, via email ahead of time. And um, the most important thing is that we're in a service-based business. And I think a lot of people forget that. We literally mm -hmm. hand our customers off. Yep. And we need to work with people who are going to take care of them and want to serve them, knowing whatever the challenges, restrictions are. Mm -hmm. um, I, I had one more question, and I completely forgot what it was. We covered Tim not going into the family biz. There was one more question. Eric, did you have another one? No, I think um, I think this was a great interview. Oh, I oh no, no, no. I remember. I, the most important one. Top three golf courses that you've played. I'm, I'm that I played? Yeah. Um, my Whoa. my favorite my favorite um, is is in Scotland and it's Muirfield. Why? Um, I'm very blessed. My dad's been a non-resident member, so I had the opportunity to play there for about 25 summers. It was like my, I thought of it as my summer course, which was, again, American woman. Fortunately, I could hold my own. I played golf on the guys team in high school a long, long time ago, but um, I loved it. Uh, looking out over the Firth of Forth was magical. Um, I would say definitely, definitely uh, Pebble Beach. Sure. There's something about the water, and you're going to see a theme here. Um, I like the wind, the different elements when it comes to that. Um, have you paid? Have you played Beth Page Black? No, I haven't. It's still on a wish that, list. That 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 broke me in half. I'm really? Just saying, oh my Eric, god! It took Eric a year and a half to recover from that one. That, game. Oh, that no, no, no. It, he it never messed, got his it, drive it, back. It messed me up mentally. Really? It, that um, it screwed me up immensely. I, I huh. that course beat me up. Huh. Yeah, um, we played black, as you know. I mean, I loved I, it. I, I, I wouldn't call it playing. We we experienced black. Okay. I was a I was a minus three if if each hole was a twenty seven. Okay, okay. So I shot. You get but what you I'm. Can't, you can't look at it that way. Um, there's a lot about golf and life. It's it's all right in between Absolutely. here. It's 100%. all mental. It's all what is your plan, and. Um, how, how do you put a bad shot behind? How do you shake it off? How do you be situally, situationally aware? So um, last week was our local um, club nine hole and 18 hole um, competition. And I only have time for the nine holers right now. I just, I don't have the bandwidth for the 18. Right. And Wednesday was the first round. 
Thursday was the second round and Friday was the final round. And you, you have to go into win each hole and you have to be situationally aware of is the other person in the trap or the rough or what are we lying? You have to communicate. You have to be respectful. You, you, it's very much about being a leader. I think there are so many analogies between the two. That's amazing. What's your third? What's the third golf course? Ugh, I don't really look at it that way. Typically. Really? Um, they all, they all are very special and unique in their own way. They are, they are. Um, it it's really sort of like a book. I'll come up with it. And I'll let you know next time. All right. Okay. Jen, that was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. That was a very really? eye-opening. Yeah, oh, like no, you make. You, listen, you know, we became our, hermits. We became this was hermits. Our first during time COVID. back, we took we took the summer off from recording, and uh, this was our first. Uh, I noticed that. First I went event. back to listen to some of yours recently, yeah. and I was like, "Hmm, they haven't done anything." It's been a couple yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of we we took a break. It was we were filming at least three to four times a week. And, That's a lot. Uh, yeah. And you kind of have to because you have to have like inventory to come right. out. Content to um, go. But we're we're starting now. We're we're start we're starting back up, and we have a few. But you're our first ones back, and and we appreciate you coming on. No. Jen, if P, if the people in the travel industry are going to listen to this, which I'm assuming they are, do you want to plug Valerie Wilson? Does anyone want to? You know, are you taking on new clients? Totally, always. Okay. Okay. Who would they call? Always. Who would they email? Is there a website? Um. Yeah. I can, I can, Kate can send that over. I would say do my email, do. Um, well, we're still live. I'm saying, do you want to, you want to oh, plug it now? Oh, yeah. So funny. Sure. Um, yeah. I always love a new client. Um, okay. But I like to talk to people to find out what they're looking for. Sure. And I would say we have a new website. It's uh, uh, com. It is very experiential, um, but it, it also has different categories, business, leisure, meetings and incentives. It has great tools as part of the Frost Travel Network on what's open, what's not, what are COVID test requirements, because that's part of people's concern right now is to say what's doable. And mm -hmm. I think everything's possible. It just may be a little different. Jennifer, uh, you were inspirational and you reignited our passion for travel and podcasting. And uh, I, we really, really appreciate it. And you um, both will be at the top of my gratitude list tonight because it's oh. something outside my comfort zone. Thank you. And um, it reminds me that you always have to meet new people and you always just have to trust your gut that it was worth doing. I'm starting it tonight. I, I have a book. I did it for years and I stopped since COVID started. I went into this anxiety ridden. We're going you know, back thing. on the upslope. 100% gratitude journal starting tonight all because of you. Thank Everybody, you. please like, subscribe, share this uh, show with people that you know. Check out ValerieWilsonTravel.com. You can check out also Jennifer on LinkedIn. That's how we've uh, connected and stayed connected. Everybody, it was a pleasure. We will see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Jen, hang out one second. We're just going to log off.